And I'm Bill Leslie. Welcome to the Leap Then Look podcast, a series of interviews with artists working at the crossroads of art and education. We work together as Leap Then Look, creating participatory projects, events and workshops for people of all ages and abilities, which focus on creating collaborative, playful and experimental approaches to making art. What kind of spaces do artists create for people to work together in? How does this work inform artistic practice in general? And why is it important right now for artists to find collaborative and participatory ways of working? In this first series of the podcast, there are three recordings. One with collaborators Anis Jocelyn and Sarah Cole. One with Natalie Zervu Keruish, also known as Starting With Art. And one with Ruby Pester and Nadia Rossi. What all these artists have in common is that they make incredibly exciting artworks, events, workshops and projects through which they involve other people in their artistic processes as participants and collaborators. For these artists, working in this way is not secondary to their own individual art practice, it's central to the understanding of the work they make and the artists they are. We'd like to say thank you to AN, the Artist Information Company, for supporting this podcast with an artist bursary, and thank you to all the artists we spoke with. Natalie Zervu-Kerowish, also known as Starting With Art, often involves other people in the creation and exploration of her work. As you'll hear, Natalie studied new media at Norwich School of Art, then worked in an early years setting before doing an MA in Art and Education at the UCL Institute of Education. Since then, she has worked on a range of exciting projects, including a new collaboration called Vegas, where she will be creating sculptures and exploring them with two dancers, and a recent exhibition at Calder Gallery in Ghent, titled Vuvos. This interview was recorded in June 2019 at Natalie's studio in Dalston, East London. At the time of recording, Natalie was family artist-in-residence at Camden Arts Centre. Massive thanks to Natalie for talking to us and for a generous and insightful conversation. You studied, you studied sculpture. Well, actually, my BA was not in sculpture, so my BA was in new media. Oh, right, surprisingly. Okay. Right. But I was, I was really exploring similar concepts and I was always working with people in a way and it was all about the unconscious and dreams. But yeah, and then I, I kind of, I feel like I should have done sculpture for my BA. But I kind of, there was a new course that was running. I think they needed people and I was kind of, in, wasn't, I was interested in loads of different stuff and I still went with it. A lot of my stuff ended up being quite installation based, um, but with um, video recordings. And, and then, that was at Norwich? In Norwich, right. yeah. So you were working with other people yeah. right from then. Were yeah. you, what kind of led you into working in education? Would... I think it's just, it's, it happened really, really organically actually. I always really enjoyed working with people and in particular with children. So what was the new media, what was the new media course like? Was it sort of all time? Yeah, a lot of it was time based. It was, I mean, it was called new media, but you could really interpret that how you wanted. You know, lots of people, some people did sound, some people made installations. Um, you know, I, my work was a lot, I did a lot of video stuff um, and installation work. Were you making sculptures then as well? Because that seems like quite an important part. It is a massive part. I mean, it's such a long time. I feel like, I, you know, it's yeah. over 10 years ago. Yeah, sure. So it's such a long time ago that I was at art school that, I mean, way over 10 years. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, it was, my work was just, it's always developing. Um, but yeah, my, I, I realised that my core sort of ideas have always sort of, there's been a thread that's always been consistent throughout um, and actually when I finished I started collaborating with my partner and we were sort of interested in sculpture and photography um, and it was only when 
I started, I guess when I started working with children that my practice began to change and when I did my MA. Oh yeah, that was at um, IOE. Yeah. Right. I suppose that's interesting because we've been looking at the kind of people that we've asked yeah. to talk to for this and it seems like that kind of time-based or the sort of, mm. I, maybe the kind of practices that come around kind of performance or time-based stuff seem yeah. like they lend themselves to a certain type of working with yeah. kids or with other people. Then also everyone is making sculpture too. That you're working, that you're into. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yes, because right. that's what you're interested in. So you've just naturally been drawn to that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I guess when you're working with people, or your work sort of works alongside people, there is this element of like the body being really important. And mm. I guess with, with sculpture, it's very corporeal. Like you're mm. you know, you're walking around it, you're immersed in it in a different way. And the same for performance. So perhaps that just lends itself better to kind of being in a group or um, working with others. Mm. But you're, it seems like the, the sort of the work that I've seen that you've made in groups either at Camden or yeah. some of the other stuff that's on your website, there's, there is like always a sculptural element yeah. to it, but there's always, but it's always a sort of, it's always sculpture in relation to the body or in relation to something happening or like the yeah. last things I saw was sort of wheelie sculptures. Yeah. That, that, so there's that kind of, I don't know, playful performative thing yeah. but the objects are always at the sort of at the center of it yeah I guess movement is something I'm really interested in so a lot of like I think you mentioned um something about the work being fidgety in one of the oh, yeah that was one so, of your descriptions yeah, yeah. I think when you when you came to Camden Arts Centre we were making portraits out of tights but it, the whole thing that was sort of moving and they were moving in the space and I guess a lot of the work I do like my own you can see my work here like there's an element of it being autonomous in a way as well as being part of a process of making um so I like the idea of things being slightly, um, yeah, restless. Um, my MA dissertation title was called The Restless Object. Um, so I think there's a restlessness in sculpture that might not exist in painting. And I think a lot of that's to do with the frame. So the frame that painting is on, um, and, and not always, but often you know, there is like a 2D frame where you have to, um, paint inside that and then with sculpture there's the frame of the room and there's also the frame of the context so the people in the room or whoever else you're with but I think there's a lot more leeway to kind of rebel and often with children you need that element of being able to kind of rebel against the space. I think I've read or maybe we spoke before and you were talking about the show that you had recently yeah. in Ghent. In Ghent yeah. where the sculptures aren't for touching but there's yeah. this kind of residual thing that maybe makes you want to or you kind of feel that within yeah them. so they're suggestive I, and I think so yeah they weren't specifically made for touching but again I'm not very I'm not very precious about what I make because it often gets made and remade again anyway so I'll often use they'll appear like I often use the same things but something will change and they'll come back to the space so so for me I mean yeah I, there's kind of like it's not a lack of care at all but it's and I really value them and respect them but I don't, I don't necessarily think they need to be wrapped in cotton and mm. protected from ha human hands. Mm. They've been made by, you know, by humans, so. And they kind of speak, I guess, of interaction, don't mm. they? And they, lots of them kind of tell the story of how they're made. Like yeah. you can see, you can see the processes within yeah. them and, yeah, and how you could interact with them. It's kind yeah. of quite clear. Yeah, I quite like the idea of something, inviting something by, the shape of it in relation to the shape of the body. Well, there's one piece of work on your website which is you describe as a 
collaboration between. Oh, yeah. There's a, I can't remember the wording, but it's it's with a, a seven year old. Yeah. I've forgotten her name. Aldra. 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 Yeah. And um, but the way you phrased it, it's she's first. Yeah. I guess it's one of those things when you're working with children as well is is sort of valuing their role in it, in what and what you're doing, and um and and trying to reduce hierarchies um and and let it and remain let it remain authentic to them um it was totally collaboration in that you know i provided this kind of anchor starting point but it was totally like her kind of vision um with the with the materials that i had kind of provided i guess so how did that work then what we did you have a space and you came together and yeah like this is kind what, of like a long this is like a long-standing project that i'm doing with a lot of color and emotion and cloth and I'm doing it with a school at the moment, um, weekly, um, and it's kind of improvised performance. And I say improvised because I would say choreography, but it's totally different each time. And I guess choreography is like a sequence of events that can be repeated. So it's definitely not that because I'm working with quite young children. So it kind of it sort of it's all part of that really that sort of project. Um, but but I, I wanted her specifically to have like her own piece, I guess. And the piece of work really was the documentation that was is hers. So, what stuff did you have, and how did she? Yeah, so it started. So there was um, other other children in the group as well, and she was basically taking the role as the um, choreographer, um, and she was basically um, instructing the other children, which are all around her age, what she wanted her palette to be. So it was it was called I think it was called palette was it. I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did they have sheets of material? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, it came as a very, very organic thing where she, I felt like she was um, really autonomous in the way she approached it with the others as well. And it, it, it's really empowering as well, I think, for her. Like, if you know her as a child, it's really important that she got that, given that role. With that in mind, what are yeah. some of the decisions that you make, you know, sort of yeah. consistently through your project? Yeah, I think the decisions made by me are definitely the material choice. Mm. You know, I'm very specific about what materials I kind of bring into the space, and that's because of my interest, definitely. Um, and, and I guess I would perhaps change that if I was working with a group long term, and I went in and there was, I felt there was something specifically that they needed, I would try and introduce that perhaps next time. But I think material is really important to me, like the sensory quality of material, like colour, like not having... Like like limited material sometimes, so you can be a bit more creative, mm. um, and um, the the space is totally one of the most important things. Like I'm, I was when I worked with early years, I was really interested in the Emilio Reggio approach, who basically um, talk about the space being the third teacher and the importance of the space for children, and thinking really specifically how they're going to walk around the space and what they're going to see at that eye level, and I guess for me it's really important to evoke some sort of curiosity in how they walk around or how they interact with the materials and just being really respectful of how you think you'd want to have space when you look in and what would excite you and what would make you think oh let's try this out or what can happen when I do this with this Um, and I think my practice comes into that in terms of yeah the material choice totally and, and and probably colour is very important as well. Um, so you yeah. you provide that kind of palette for them and then Yeah. And then it's really you have to just really see what happens and it's I work really intuitively actually. Um, I do plan but I tend to really change everything up when I depending on the energy 
um, of the children. You know, if they've kind of got high energy, then maybe I'll change what I'm doing slightly. If they're all feeling like quite, I don't know, if it's like a flumpy sort of like uh, energy, then maybe everything needs to be sort of like brought <laughs> up, up, you know. Um, roots are so varied, and how they're gonna respond is so varied. And I think it's been really um, open to not having any preconceived ideas, and also removing any, yeah, removing any ego as well in, in, in it as well. So it's like not about you as an artist, like so you're going into a situation, um, and just and just yeah, trying to be present, I guess. And, Evolve, let it evolve naturally. There's always this element of us wanting something, I know, but like, like for example, at Camden Arts, we were doing when one of the workshops, it was about creating emotion body pieces, and someone found a box of paper plates, and I got really annoyed because I was like, of course, they were just going to make paper plate faces. But I guess because I guess you want to provide something different they wouldn't necessarily get elsewhere, mm -hmm. and you know, with the paper plates, they're going to get that, they can get that at home and get that anywhere. So I, I think that's where that kind of thing comes from. You want to provide an experience that, I guess, is, is out of their normal everyday experience somehow, or that, or that kind of allows them or gives them um, space to think a little bit differently or approach something in a new way, perhaps. And, um, and was it your work with children that kind of led you into, towards the MA? The MA? Yeah. Totally, yeah. So my work... Uh, well, my MA was all research, well, it was re practice-based research, and it was um, the research was about meaning making through sculpture. So I found there's loads of research on painting and drawing, but not much on um, on sculpture. So my all my research was that, and it was I was working in a nursery at the time. So I was, I was doing my MA, and alongside that, I was researching in the place I was working. So many of the things that you've said, or things that you're interested in, are really similar to the project that I'm doing at the moment. It's making me think about that kind of desire to collaborate with other people and why yeah. that's really important and what it is that you get out of that. You yeah. were saying... It's hard to know sometimes where these things come from because they're kind of intrinsic, aren't they? And they come from places sometimes we don't know. But I do think there's something about collaborating and like something about it sort of perhaps enriching... Your, the experience of your own making maybe and also um, like sharing energy like of, with a, pro of a project and also the excitement of the unknown when you're working with others I guess there's always an unknown element with your own when you're working on your own of course but I think with others it's, it's, there's complete surprises and there's less control I suppose in yeah. one way and that there's not everyone can cope with that yeah I think yeah, yeah. And I think actually personality wise I'm quite a controlled person in some aspects like you know I like to kind of I like order and I like sequence and I like kind of like routine but when, when it comes to my art practice that completely goes out the window and for me that is it's, I mean, it's almost completely the opposite it's very chaotic quite manic sometimes like especially when I'm making it's there's no order to anything like it's very much like duh, 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 like fiery make something um, and actually some similarly with when I think maybe yeah and often maybe collaborating sometimes brings in when I collaborated with Jack, actually, he was very controlled, and that was probably quite a good thing. It was like the yin and yang of the practice. Mm. So mm. there's some sort of, I guess, you're bringing in different parts that might balance balance the process. Um, and I think for me, collaborating with when I'm doing this new project, which is called Vegas, which is about which is, Vegas means wandering in Greek or Latin, and it's about the vagus nerve, like this wandering nerve that connects the brain and the vital organs. So for me, like this wandering element and the fact that like I want my sculptures to kind of 
be able to move if they can via like by the breath or by walking past them there's some sort of element of like yeah uncontrolled movement um i think that um yeah i think it's it just feels really natural to to work with others on that project so alice is actually um, agreed to do it and she's actually a more of a she does like spoke like sound and sort of like a lot of yeah sound performance i guess um but she's just starting a contemporary dance MA, but she hasn't really got dance experience as a formal dancer at all. But mm-hmm. it's something that she's really interested in. She's very interested in the body and space and um, and the sounds and things like that. So she's really, I'm really excited to work with her. I think people in artists um, need a lot of the time. Artists, I work a lot of the time on my own. Or you know, if you're working in different places or a freelance, you don't. You kind of you crave that collaboration. I think because although you're collaborating with people in different groups, you're not seeing them often repeatedly. What's the process like with, um, so for example, sort of action research yeah. or when a project's in development and you're sort of developing it through collaboration yeah. with other people? Well, I get, yeah, I guess action research when I was doing my MA was very much, it was really different to, because it was, it was really based on formulating very specific um, ideas about sculpture and children, which is, I feel like it's really different to like the sort of stuff I do now perhaps where I'm, if I'm working with, with adults or st- and stuff. And I feel like the action research ne- wasn't necessarily a collaboration because I was observing. Um, it was, it was a lot of action, but I was very much observing their action and um, noting and photographing, videoing, um, in order to kind of understand what was going on. So, were you bringing things in and kind of testing? Yeah. So it, it was out with them. So what? So I worked with children aged two to four. And it was basically, I, I worked out different, I was interested in the, not necessarily always categorising, but the different ways that children make meaning. So one of them was like symbolic representation. So it's like taking, oh, I should probably say that the room was, they had a space, which was an art space, and it was had a variety of open-ended materials. So it would range from very much typical things like paint, paper, you know, like things you'd find in a, in a preschool. Um, and also maybe other sort of like typical objects I don't know like uh, like maybe some clay like all different types of things like that but nothing really specific like no big sculptures or anything like that and um, it was basically looking at different ways children would choose to make meaning so sometimes it was symbolic representation so taking something and using that to represent something else for them and it's often to do like role play and things like that sometimes it was action representation so they would, for example, make something and then drop it and say, like sprinkle glitter, for example, and say, oh, it's raining, you know, so that'd be sort of action representation. And then there was um, enveloping was one, which was which is, comes from children's schemas where they want to wrap up things. And that was very much part of their meaning making process at that point. So it kind of went on like that, mm-hmm. basically. And so I guess it's very different from, it's very much focused on very research specific. I can see how those things, and I, I, I imagine that those looking skills, watching yeah. skills are really important when you're kind of in a workshop and you are yeah. watching to see what's happening so that you can then respond. Yeah. yeah, so I mean you probably find that as well, like trying to sort of observe but also participate and trying to kind of like work out what's going next. You kind of feel like you're in 10 places at once sometimes. Um, it's, really, it's a really interesting way of being together as well. It's like all these like bodies in space, like trying to, I find it really interesting, the observance of way of being 
that seems like a real I mean I was going to ask one of the things I wanted to ask you about and maybe it's a good time now is the kind of philosophy that yeah. seems to run through a lot of your descriptions of your work mm. like there's a really lovely Merleau-Ponty yeah. quote in relation to one piece of work which I think is with kids and yeah. tights um, which kind of talks about this concept of um, our body being a kind of point of access to the world so it's not an object yeah. it's a kind of instrument which we use to explore and express ourselves. Yeah. Kind of. I guess I guess the object and the body are one anyway. Like when you're making an object, you are part of the object. And and, and Merle Pont actually talks a lot about like the extended body, you know, and things like that. And that's very much connected to you holding a tool to make an object. So I guess you're part of that you're part of that process anyway. And then you leave the space and the object is still part of you. The body is so important in terms of like the making of the object but also when you leave the object and other bodies are with the object um and i guess the body like in, in that particular piece um it's very much about this embodied movement with the object which is like the, the material and the tights and the kind of the way that can um sort of protect us or change the way that movement occurs or um or how how a child performs with that with that thing there is a kind of something on the edge with all these objects that um that they you could kind of not necessarily that they have a use but they yeah. they look like they could do something yeah. like they could roll or they yeah. could move yeah or, totally you know, so there's the, mm. it's, there's a the kind of tension there. so they're very they're, these objects are from vuvos <laughs> they're very personal actually like i know they, they say vuvos was the show in ghent and so these objects here are kind of uh leftovers not all of them actually just some of them um some of them are still there but um, basically that was all about kind of uh, wordlessness and so and voicelessness and Vuvos for me I am half Greek but I don't speak any Greek at all and I was always thrust into these situations as a child and as an adult actually occasionally um, not growing up with my dad but kind of occasionally going to Greece and um, not able to speak the word of the language so I'm always kind of and Vuvos my work my surname is Zervu and in Greece, the male version of Zervu is Zervos. So Vu and Vos is in that word, wordless, which I just found really interesting. I was, I was like, whoa, and it means wordless, and it's part of my name, and it's like, it felt really sort of personal. Um, and so these objects are like are about kind of communication in a way, and the suggestiveness of communication without language, without words. Um, and I think actually, like work, work, well, that's why I really like working with early is actually because there's often this kind of like non-verbal communication you have to kind of like work around, um, and also why I find this kind of idea of like you know not prioritizing like like ver verbalness as a form of communication, and that's why I think art and sculpture, particularly what you're talking about, this kind of interaction is so um, yeah important. Mm -hmm.